y'all what is going on this is your man l jamal coming through with another edition of never out of bounds of course this is the place we can say what you want as long as you got them facts uh today uh we are just getting into a it's a sports day so i'm going to catch up on the mlb playoffs we're going to go through the wild card uh we're also going to get through the first couple games of the the divisional series uh respectively al uh, alds of course and the nlds uh so we'll be covering that i also want to get into some nfl news some updates of course go over what happened in week two of course we're gonna give you or i'm gonna give you guys a raiders report and then i'm gonna wrap up everything with some college football go over some top 25 action and of course any headlines from that uh sphere of the sports world as well so let's go ahead and get into it uh like i said starting off with an mlb update i do have a headline to share with you guys after everything else but i'm gonna go through the wild card playoffs of course like i said we're gonna go through the playoffs in general but uh like I said, everything started off with the wild card, um, and the Rays would face off against the Guardians. The Guardians would get the best of Tampa in that series. Uh, game one uh, was a one-one a one-run win for Cleveland, two to one. Uh, they would get it done in game two. Uh, this time, again, a 1-1, one, one, uh, a one-run win, but this time 1-0. It took 15 innings in game two of that one. Uh, but again, the Guardians clinched the series. Uh, in that final game for Cleveland, they will get a, a RBI from Oscar Hernandez, their outfielder. And Tristan McKenzie will get the start going for about six innings, giving up two hits. He would also have eight strikeouts and zero earned runs. But the bullpen would do its job as well. They would give up about four hits. Hits, but no earned runs as well. Altogether, they would have 12 strikeouts, and Sam Hentges would be awarded the win for Tampa. They would have five total hits in that game, too, but they were 0 and 6 with runners in scoring position. They would leave six runners on base. Uh, moving on, we do have an upset that I did want to talk about. The one the one series that did surprise me, uh, of course, the Padres and the Mets. Uh, of course, the Padres, they end up winning that series uh, two games to one. The Mets Mets would get the victory in game one, seven to three. Uh, for New York in that game, Francisco Lindor and also Pete Alonso will get home runs. Jeff McNeil will get you two RBIs on the mound. Jacob DeGrom had a great game uh, going for about six innings, giving up only two runs, but he would also have eight strikeouts. Um, Seth Lugo would get the save in that one. Uh, but again, game three where it matters, uh, the the Padres would clinch that six to zip. Uh, in that game, the Padres got a lot of help from Austin Nola and Juan Soto offensively, who will, go, who will both get two RBIs each. Manny Machado and also Trent Grisham will get you an RBI as well. And Joe Musgrove really proven proving himself on the mound in his first uh, one of his I think is one of his first playoff matchups, if I'm not mistaken. Seven innings of work from him, uh, just one hit, no earned runs, five strikeouts for New York in that game. Three, they would go zero and two with runners scoring position leaving two runners on base chris bassett takes the l in that matchup uh giving up three hits three earned ones he would also have a he would also have two strikeouts but he would give up uh, about two sorry he would give up three walks as well excuse me uh and moving on we do got some other action of course another upset in my opinion at least in the uh, i guess you call it the wild card round uh we have your boys the mariners uh they get it done against the blue jays of course sweeping them uh game one was a victory for the zip and then game two if i'm not mistaken they did pretty well in that one i think it was like eight to four was the final score so pretty good uh, showing from them uh the phillies uh they will get it done against the cardinals of course that was the last hurrah for a lot of their core pieces that 
that being St. Louis, like, you know, Albert Pujols, Adam Wainwright, uh, of course, Yadi Molina. This was supposed to be, you know, a great send-off. But, again, they get swept in the wild card round. The, uh, the Phillies get it done in game two. Uh, sorry, game one, led by two RBIs from uh, John Segura. Uh, Zach Wheeler had a great game on the mound going for about six innings. Uh, only gave up about uh, – he actually gave up zero earned runs. But, you know, you know how baseball is played. They end up giving the win to somebody else. In that matchup, they gave it to Dave Robertson. Uh, for the cards in that game one, they got two RBIs uh, from Juan Yepes. And on the mound, though, it was a little bit uh it was a little bit shaky. Ryan Helsley would get the start. He gave a first uh, four runs in that first game. Uh, Andre Palente would get a blown save. And overall, offensively, they were just one and four with runners in scoring position. So they couldn't get the runs on the board. Again, as I mentioned, game two, uh, your boys get the win in this one. Uh, Philly, uh, they get the, the win two to zip. Bryce Harper get a home, got a home run. Kyle Schwarber got an RBI. Austin, sorry, Aaron Nola, I believe that's Austin Nola's brother. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. He gets the win. Uh, six uh, over six innings of work, four hits, but no earned runs. Six strikeouts. Uh, Zach Eflin will get the save uh, for the Cardinals in that game too. They were zero and seven with runners in scoring position, position. So they had a chance. They had they had chance to score, but they left nine runners on base. That ain't gonna get it done. Again, that game came down to. I mean, the final score was two zip. So, again, with nine runners on base, you had seven opportunities with runners in scoring position. That, I mean, actually easily got you two, three, four runs. Just saying. I mean, but they, they weren't able to get it done. On the mound, Miles uh, Mikolas, excuse me, goes for about four innings for the Cardinals. Gave up two hits, two earned run, three strikeouts. They had to go to the to the. Sorry, uh, they gave up. They went to the, the bullpen. That couldn't get it done. Well, I mean, again, they didn't give up any more runs. But again, the lack of offense. I mean, it is what it is. As I mentioned, um, the. Uh, the Mariners, they got it done in the wild card game. In that game, too, uh, they got that 10-9 win over the Blue Jays. A little bit surprising for the Blue Jays. Although, in my opinion, although in reality, Seattle, if I'm not mistaken, had, again, of, of all the wild card teams, at least in the AL, had the best record against teams above 500. So I'm not that surprised. I, I, maybe I'm just saying that because I'm somewhat of a fan of the Blue Jays that I was a little bit surprised. But in reality, not so much. I mean, Seattle is a pretty damn good team. We'll see what happens uh, in the Astros series. But Carlos Santana will get a three-run home run for the Mariners. J.P. Crawford will get you three RBIs. And then Andres Munoz got the win on the mound. For Toronto, Teoscar Hernandez will get you two home runs, four total all RBIs, excuse me. Uh, but on the mound, they, the Blue Jays seem to have struggled. Kevin Gaussman uh, went for, for about five innings, a little bit over actually, but gave up four runs, uh, although he would have seven strikeouts. Uh, Jordan Romano will be charged with the elbow, uh, going for about just a little bit over one inning, but already gave up two earned runs and then had blown the save. So all bad. Um, again, you know, they... There's, you know, there's some positives to be had. At least this year, Toronto made it to the playoffs with the core that they have. They just didn't get as far as they, I know they would have liked to have gone. But let's take a look at the ALDS game one. Uh, we had the Astros getting it done against the Mariners, eight to seven. Of course, game two is coming on tonight for that. JP Crawford and Eugenio Suarez. Uh, I love that name, Eugenio. It took me, I remember when somebody t first taught me how to pronounce it. I was like, Eugenio. Hmm, that's interesting. Because I used to say Eugenio, but it's no, it's Eugenio. 
Really, really different name. But anyways, Eugenio Suarez gets a home run. Ty France, Julio Rodriguez get your two RBIs. Logan Gilbert uh, was on the mound. Um, he's not charged with the loss. Uh, that's given to Robbie Way. But uh, Gilbert would go for about, well, give up, well he gave up five hits, uh, would have five strikeouts, but gave up three earned runs. So that's not going to get it done. Robbie Ray uh, was charged with the loss and was given a blown save. Uh, he would give up the uh, the, the ceiling, the, the run that sealed their fate, at least in game one but for houston jordan alvarez would have a three-run home run two rbis outside after that yuli uh yuli guriel uh guriel had a solo home run and alex bregman got you two a two-run home run on top of that justin verlander uh, you know, he had a, well, maybe he is showing his A's. Maybe, you know, the Mariners are just that solid. Four innings of work for JV. He also had 10 hits given up. He would have six earned runs as well. Three Ks. That ain't going to get it done. We saw what you could do all year. I mean, um, I don't think, I, I think it's, you know, Mariners are that good as opposed to just him having a bad night. I mean, it could be that, but again, the Mariners are pretty good. I told you, of all the wild card teams in the American League, they have the best record against teams above 500. So I don't see, I could see this game going, you know, to the to the final game, uh, you know, of the series. So uh, Rafael Montero would be awarded in that game one, though. So moving on to the AL, sorry, the NLDS, uh, we have the Phillies taking on the Braves again. I believe the Braves had that first round or that that uh well the Braves had the first round by Phillies had to earn their spot but the Phillies get the win the the win in the first game 7 to 6 uh for Philly Nick Castellanos would have 3 RBIs Alec Baum will get you 2 uh Sir Anthony Dominguez got the win on the round on the mound uh in a bullpen spot uh, it was a bullpen game pretty much uh he went for about 2 innings but gave up no earned runs and of course sealed the deal uh he would have 3 strikeouts as well just kind of you know solidifying the win and for Matt Olson and for, and the Braves uh, he will get you a three-run home run. Travis De Arnaud will get you a home run. Also, two total RBIs after that. Uh, Max Free takes the L in this one. Only lasted for about over three innings. Uh, he had eight hits, four earned runs, and just two strikeouts. Uh, back to the ALDS, we have the Guardians. They take the first game loss to the Yankees. It is what it is. For the Guardians, Stephen Kwan will get you a solo home run. Actually, two home runs to be exact. Oh, no, no. Just the one. Just the one. Let me take that back. And Cal Quantrill will get you uh, five innings of work, giving up four hits, uh, four earned runs, three walks as well. He takes the loss. And for the Yankees, Anthony Rizzo got you two RBIs. Jose Trevino and Harrison Bader uh, got an RBI as well. And Garrett Cole uh, gets it done on the mound. Over six innings of work, four hits, just one on run that he gave up and then he would also have eight strikeouts so pretty good performance uh we have the padres here uh they get the they take the l in game one excuse me uh in this one, Will Myers got a home run. Trent Grishin and awesome Austin Nola got RBIs. And Mike Clevenger in the loss just lasted for about two innings, giving up six hits and four earned runs on just three strikeouts. And for the Dodgers, Trey Turner got a solo home run. Will Smith, not to be confused with the slapper. And also Max Muncy would get your RBIs. So maybe Will Smith in this in this sense in this sense did do a little bit of slapping. Slap the ball though, but anyways, Julio Urias would get you a would get the W in game one. Five innings of work, four hits, three earned runs, but he would have six strikeouts. So a very 
I think that's a typical Urias performance. Pretty solid, you know, couple on runs, but he would strike some guys out. And but he would, and he eventually got the win. But he got some help from his offense as well. Uh, let's move on to the game twos. Uh, to, well, last night they just had the NLDS. Uh, they'll be having the ALDS game twos coming on tonight. So later on in the weekend. Maybe tomorrow, just depending on how much time I got. I do have a three-day weekend, so we'll see what we're able to get through. I might be able to come back with those game twos for the ALDS tomorrow. If not, of course, it will be over the course of the weekend. Uh, but um, for game two of the NLDS, we have the Braves getting it done against the Phillies. The series is tied in that one, one to one, of course. For Philly, there were zero and three with runners in scoring position. Four runners left on base. Zach Wheeler takes a loss in this one. Uh, he goes for about six innings. Uh, not, I mean, four hits, three earned runs, five strikeouts. So again, not terrible, uh, but he didn't get the offensive, you know, support to kind of to kind of justify giving up about three runs. Okay, uh, Atlanta, Travis, they are not Matt Olson and Austin Riley. Uh, they come through with home runs. Uh, Kyle Wright, uh, he would get the win, of course. Six innings of work, two hits, no earned runs, and six strikeouts. And Kenley Jansen uh, got the save. He's been struggling up until the playoffs, but he was able to get it done in this matchup. For the Padres, they get the win in game two, uh, this time five to three, and they tie their series one-to-one for the Padres. Manny Machado and Jake Cronenworth uh, will both get you some home runs, and you Darvish uh, got the win on the mound, going for five innings. Uh, he gave up three earned runs, which are all home runs, but again, seven strikeouts, and um, he still was able to get the game, get the win. Now, Freddie Freeman uh, for the Dodgers, and also Max Muncie and Trey Turner uh, would all uh, would all score home runs or RBIs, uh, but they were zero and eight. Outside of that, they were zero and eight with runners in scoring position, so they had multiple chances to get multiple runs or you know more runs than they did. So um, again, ten runners left on base. That is that is a story for Game Two. Dodgers they left they played with their food and let the lock on the table. So again, they come up short in game two. So let's move on to the one major headline right now in the MLB. And it looks like it's somewhat groundbreaking. They're making some history here. The league has decided to recently announce a partnership with a cannabis company. Yeah, Charlotte's Web. This is the first deal of its kind, uh, at least in North America, with a North American sports league. I don't know uh, how it is anywhere else. I'm not going to speak on it because I don't know. Uh, but I do know this is the first, of course, within a North American sports league. Um, and it's like a, you know, a branding, you know, a, you know, a branding marketing type of deal. So, you know, of course, MLB players, they use the products, uh, you know, the MLB advertises, uh, the, the company and their products as well. It's like a, you know, a, you know, I guess the players, they get, they, you know, they hook up and all that. So again, and, you know, they get the fans and, you know, prospective client or customers involved, you know what it's all about. Uh, now all C all these CBD products, you know, are NSF certified. So so it's all good. Again, if they weren't, I guess I, you know, the NFL, sorry, the MLB wouldn't want them to deal with it. Uh, but most of these pro uh, products, uh, you know, have a lot to do with recovery, anxiety, sleep, and focus. So they're made to, you know, improve those improve those aspects. Uh, the major development uh, co coincides with Charlotte's Web. Uh, Charlotte's Web uh, 
Charlotte's Web's launch of their newest line of products. Of course, uh, hemp-derived tinctures uh, also includes gummies, topical, other topicals, and also oral sprays. This will be called the Daily Edge, and it's actually set to. Re it actually released yesterday, right in the midst of the you know ALDS, NLDS, all that. So again, you know, just some just some money opportunities for the MLB, and of course this uh, private company here. You know what it is, but it is different because again, you know the sports has always had this issue with marijuana of course control substances substances in general but marijuana is no different so to kind of see this um it kind of seems like it you know maybe times are moving in a different direction we'll have to see uh what else comes from this uh any more developments you know you know i will let you guys know but i think it's i mean it's it's all i mean it all it all you know it all if it works and you know it's a healthy way uh of helping these players i'm all for it uh you know i i mean i i smoke cannabis <laughs> i use cannabis in all these different you know ways and uh you know i it works for me uh, i know it works for others you know i again i use it to get high <laughs> just to be honest with you and i use it for all these other things you know uh you know i'll use a uh you know a you know a a, a tincture or some type of pain. I've done that. I've used topicals, you know, the oral sprays and, you know, even some of the ointments, you know, to help out with pain and stuff like that. So, I mean, a lot of these products, you know, they're not just here to get you lit, you know, saying they actually do have some natural, good natural properties. So, um, I'm, I'm all with it. Um, I don't like, you know, uh, big pharma. I don't like pills and all that. You already know that. That's why I told you guys, fuck the red pill, blue pill conversation. We don't do pills in reference to all the, the lost souls in, in different places where they've had these fentanyl outbreaks these you know pill opioid epidemics and those in in name of the in in the reference of those people and out of respect and love for those people in all reality even though i, I don't know them per se but you gotta understand and be you know sympathetic towards them and understand what they're going through i don't fuck with pills so this is the best way that one of the better ways to help take care of yourself outside of diet outside of just you know taking care of yourself physically in other ways as well this is another great way to do that so i'm all with it I'm all with it. So I'm going to take a quick break, y'all. And when I come back, I'll be breaking down the NFL. We're going to get through the previous week. Uh, I'm going to just talk about a few things. And, of course, get into my Raiders. Yeah, it's been a tough season, to say the least. All right, y'all. I'll be right back. All right, y'all. Uh, we are back. We're going to break down the NFL. We're going to start off with some headlines this time around. Uh, two, two, two pretty big ones to go through uh we're gonna start off with matt rule out there in carolina well he's not out there anymore because he's been fired fired after three years on the job with the panthers this is following a 35 to 17 loss last week to san francisco and that would put them to one and four to start the year now rule was just 11 and 27 overall in his time in carolina and one and 27 Check this out. 1-27 when giving up 17 points or more. His offenses couldn't score for shit. But, again, this was his calling card coming out of college. <sighs> Not all college coaches make it. Not all defensive coordinators that y'all decide to promote make it. It's just what it is. We saw what happened with Urban Meyer. We saw what happened with Nick Saban. Um, there are some, you know, outliers to that rule. I mean, again, I think, you know, 
take it as you will. I'm not going to say that you can't make it come out of college. It's just difficult, more difficult for some. Uh, we've seen Pete Carroll. He's done it, uh, but he's been on both sides of that equation. When he first started, you know, he, he was a coach for the Patriots, if I'm not mistaken. He might have led them to that Super Bowl in 96 or 97. I can't necessarily remember, but I think he was there for, I did, he was definitely there for a little bit. Didn't really go as planned. He had a great, a lot of success in college, of course, at university at the University of Southern California. And he came back and, you know, did a pretty decent job and is still doing a pretty decent job with the Seattle Seahawks. So, I mean, it's possible. Um, he had a, for rule, uh, he had a very difficult situation coming into Carolina. At one point, he had lost 25 games in a road on top of everything uh so again it, it wasn't easy coming to carolina we had the, carolina itself has had so many issues from you know trying to develop a quarterback again at one point you had an mvp uh, all the way back in 2015 with cam newton uh but that was his pinnacle and um I don't know if it was his style of play. Uh, I, it could be a combination of that, and but he just also wasn't, you know, the most accurate of quarterbacks to begin with, even in his prime. But uh, he would have his falling out, and eventually he would have to be replaced. And they have been trying to find that replacement, you know, ever since. Um, it's been disastrous to say the least, trying to find a replacement. They've gone through Teddy Bridgewater, who's a fine bridge quarterback or even a backup quarterback, but hasn't really. Uh, shown or proven himself to be a starter and i like the man i really do have tons of respect for the man but he just hasn't crossed that threshold of being a starting quarterback or a consistent one uh you've had sam donald here and you know you can say you know what you want about him baker mayfield as well baker mayfield currently has a 16.5 qbr which is the worst in the nfl right now and he also has the league's worst completion percentage at 54.4 so again very uh very very dire strikes to say the least at the quarterback position and of course uh the next important position for them would have been running back because of course christian mccaffrey but he's been off and on in terms of his availability so you have that you couple that and you don't really have a star they never really had a star wide receiver although they've had a solid tight end um well they've had one at one point i was with ray Oaks, so they don't really have that anymore uh, but again, this is a solid defense, but offensively overall, it's struggled for many, many years. And um, for, unfortunately for Matt, you know, uh, he, he hasn't been able to right that ship. And again, a lot of that does have to do with quarterback. But again, you know, you have a, a running back who's also not available as well half the time. You have no receivers or really a tight end to speak of, you know. So uh, you're going to struggle. And, uh, you know. Also, they fired the defensive coordinator, Phil Snow, and also the special teams coach, uh, coach Ed Foley. So, again, uh, we're looking at a rebuild here. Um, this should have, I mean, I guess they, I, in my opinion, they've already been trying to do this. But, again, they're taking it off again and, and resetting that rebuild. So, again, it's a very uh, difficult thing to see right now. I know it sucks for Carolina fans, and I got a lot of love for Carolina, um, you know, but uh, it, it, it is it is what it is. He couldn't get the job done. And for now, we have Damian Wilkes. Oh, man, we know about him. The defensive pass game coordinator. Ooh, great. He's going to take over as the interim. Oof. It's going to be ugly. And just all, overall, offensively for this team, it's been very ugly. 29 points. Oh, sorry, uh, they're 29th in yards a game. They also uh, tied for 27th in points per game at 19.9. Sorry, 19.7. They also rank last in yards per play at 4.7. So... There's a lot of there's a lot to unpack here offensively. Whoever whoever's gonna be their next offensive coach, I mean he I mean their next head coach, 
he has to be offensive minded. Because I, I mean, I think for the most part, they've had a pretty solid defense. They've had pretty good players come and go. It's been that offense that hasn't been able to sustain. I mean, so, and ever since Cam Newton, you know, he fell off, they haven't been able to, you know, really track down a replacement and, and go from there. But another brief headline, uh, just a follow-up from the Raider game. Of course, Devontae Adams, uh, he had his moment. Uh, he pushed down a cameraman after the game. Uh, apparently, he will be facing, well, at least cited. Uh, I don't know if that means they're going to, you know, put him in jail or anything like that. But I think that it definitely opens it up for some type of probably lawsuit if he, you know, again, it doesn't end up getting charges. I heard something about a misdemeanor charge uh, for some sort of assault. Of course, like I said, he pushed the guy down, of course, in his rage of, of losing. And we'll talk about the loss in just a second. But, you know, again, that's just one of those after effects. So uh, he's also going to be suspended. Um Let's see if I can uh, fig, uh, track down how long he's going to be out for. But uh, he's going to be out for a second, um, you know, and, 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 and you know, it's just uh, it's just a, it's just an unfortunate event, you know, for his uh, for his situation. Because he just he just got really frustrated and I can understand. Yeah, he's charged with a misdemeanor uh, assault. Um and this was about a day ago reported on ESPN. So he's going to be out for about a day. Uh, sorry, sorry, uh, sorry. He, he he was sorry. He was um, charged about a day ago. I'm um, looking for anything about a suspension. I know it's coming. I just don't see anything where it's saying exactly how much. Oh, oh, hey, hey. Now. Oh, let me let me say something. Hold on now, y'all. Charge or foul this day. In the municipal court of Kansas City, Adams is due in court November the 10th. If convicted, Adams could face a jail term of up to six months and a fine of up to 1000 So it is possible he goes to jail. Uh, as far as NFL punishment, uh, I don't see anything just yet. I, again, I'm... I, this was a little bit last second for me, at least this update. I knew he was going to be suspended, but I, again, I never... Uh, yeah, again, uh, there's nothing saying that he's suspended just yet, but he is being cheated. They're looking, they might charge his ass. So, okay, yeah, uh, well, okay, it's interesting. Uh, poor Raiders, poor Raiders. Um, but let's get into the scores. Um, you know, last week, very interesting week to say the least in NFL. Of course, starts off with Wednesday night, sorry, Thursday night football, Colts, Broncos, very ugly game. You know, Russ has been his usual stinky self in, as usual. Uh, they come up short, the, that being the Broncos' final score, 12-9. to 9. Everybody is piling on Russell. I don't understand why, um, although I, I do see where there's been some hangups in this game. But, you know, I mean, he hasn't, you know. Well, I mean, again, we roast on Baker. We, we, we you know, we, we pile on Baker. So I guess we pile on all of them. You know, I, I mean. Um, as far as hearing what Richard Sherman has said, I think that's Tyler Lockett that they were uh, they were both in uh, the podcast together, you know, revealing some things. You know, I think uh, how do I feel about all that? You know, first of all, that shit is in the past, and I think it's very you know convenient for them to bring all that shit up now and try to be against them now and talk shit about him now. It's very convenient. Um, it makes it puts them in a different light. Uh, you know. But in reality, you know, I think, um, you know, as far as where they're coming from, they talking about this different standard, you know, and, and Russ was held to this different standard. Russ maybe got an easy way out. I, 
I think that had a lot to do with who your coach was. Your coach was defensive minded. I think if your coach was a former quarterback like Doug Peterson or somehow an offensive former offensive coordinator, you probably would have a, a different approach to Russell Wilson. Uh, but when your head coach is the main guy and your head coach is a defensive uh, mastermind, to say the least, uh, I wouldn't even say a mastermind, but, you know, that's his special that's his expertise. I don't I don't know if he would, you know, put the quarterback under the same scrutiny as he would his linebackers or his cornerbacks. But that's just me. And I'm not really trying to play devil's advocate just because I know that, you know, over the years, at least the past few seasons, Russell has shown that he's not as elite as he's tried to build himself to be. Uh, but that's him. And that's, you know, a player that's going to want to market themselves as that. People want the, the, you know, the glory. So I don't think that makes him a bad person for wanting that. I just think he has to be realistic and understand, look, I'm not that right now and try to figure it all out and try to, you know, improve his game real quick. Cause you know, he's at that precipice now where, I mean, you give him one or two, I mean, I mean, depending on how this season goes, I mean, who knows where he could end up, you know, and where his legacy ends up, because it looks to me like they're all trying to pile in on him and make sure that if he does fall apart and he, you know, ends up, you know, washed out that he gets forgotten. And I think that's kind of fucked up. Uh, so it's up to him to kind of, you know, channel his shit, get his shit together and understand it's not all on him. And I don't think, you know, I think it's easy to make him the scapegoat, particularly, you know, for guys like Richard Sherman, who used to play for him. But you also have to understand that, you know, I, these play calls were sent from above, you know, the offensive coordinator, the offensive whoever. And um, it was up to them to make the right play. Even when we were talking last week or even on the one line, the, the, the goal line stand in, in the Super Bowl with Marshawn Lynch, it was up to the offensive coaches to say something and to rile him in. It wasn't up to him to make those calls. So, you know, and sometimes you might audible, sometimes you might do this. I'm pretty, I, if I'm not mistaken, both of those plays that, you know, again, this play that this last Thursday and also the play on the one yard line in that Super Bowl, that was a play call from somebody else and it wasn't his choice. Now, were they trying to put him in a position to be that? Yes. Does he does he has he clamored for that and all that? Yes. But at the same time, you have to go with what's right for the team. Fuck what the quarterback is saying. So I, there's a give and take. But at the same time, he's not a bad human being. He's just falling off as a quarterback a little bit. And I'm not going to just dish on him and just be, you know, berate him like that. You know, um, that ain't right. So uh, I hope he gets his shit together. I hope he gets his act together because, you know, I mean, I think he, he has a potential to be deserving of an MVP. He hasn't put it all together yet. He hasn't, you know, in a, in a few years, he hasn't put that together together that full season just yet. But I think he has, he's been had potential and he's shown that. So I'm not going to just dish on him. I'm not going to bash on him. I'm not going to call him corny. That's who he is. That's his personality. Y'all are so hateful sometimes. And it just shows up. Y'all act like y'all not hateful. But in reality, y'all hateful in some of the way that, some of the ways that y'all come off about certain people. But I mean, it is what it is. I'm not going to do that here. I'm not going to bash him. So he's a decent quarterback. He's fallen off a little bit. Hopefully he can improve for his own good. And I'm, I'm rooting for him because I, I generally want the best for people sometimes i might say my shit i talk a little shit but for the most part i want the best for the next man i ain't i ain't, I ain't out here trying to bash a particularly a brother so um with that being said let's move on to what else we had going on in week where well, we had five whatever uh we had the packers they come up short against the giants 27 to 22 the patriots they get a win against the Lions. they shut them out 29 to 0 jared goff will go 19 to 35 229 yards he with throw a pick nothing really to say there outside of that leading receiver was josh reynolds uh six catches for 92 yards defensively for detroit 
Uh, Desha sorry, yes, Deshaun Elliott would be uh, the team's leading tackler. He would have 12. He, also, he would also get an interception, too. Now, Bailey Zapp, uh, the rookie out of Western Kentucky, had a great, pretty, well, pretty decent game for the Patriots. 17 to 21, 181 yards. He would throw a touchdown, but we mentioned he threw a pick as well. And it looks as though his, his uh, last couple performances have... Uh, even sparked some type of quarterback controversy. Now, I got to get more into that, see what the deal is with that, but that is the war on the street. They, they seem to like what Bailey Zapp is doing right now. And, you know, for what it's worth, he hasn't looked bad, and they've won some games. So, um, you know, good luck on him. But Ramondre Stevenson, Stevenson excuse me, would have 161 yards on the ground. Jacoby Myers would get you seven catches for 111 yards and a touchdown. And Matthew Judon would end up with two sacks. And Jack Jones at the DB spot, another rookie, uh, will get you an INT. Now, moving on, we have the Buccaneers. They get it done in some divisional play against the Falcons, 21-15. Of course, the Buccaneers are 3-2. and two. The Falcons drop to 2-3 and three. for the Falcons. Marcus Mariota will go 14-25. He would have 147 yards and a touchdown uh, on the ground, but he also has 61 rushing yards on top of that. The team's in a rusher, and Avery Williams, Avery Williams will score on the ground as well. Defensively, linebacker Mikhail, sorry, Michael Walker uh, will lead the team with 11 tackles. Now, for the Bucks, Tom Brady will go 35-52, of 52, of course. Uh, everybody's worried about that controversial play. The Raiders were a part of one, too. Uh, they're going to have to figure shit out. That's all I'm going to say about the referees. Y'all got to figure shit out. Uh, Leonard Fournette, oh, sorry, uh, Brady would also have 351 yards to the air and a touchdown. So, again, they don't mention that part. He did his part to help the team win, just being real with you. Leonard Fournette would have 56 yards on the ground, a touchdown, 83 receiving yards, and a touchdown as well. And on defense, Antoine Whitfield Jr. would get you eight total tackles and a sack. And uh, altogether, Tampa Bay would force altogether five sacks. So, really good. Uh, Good day, good game for them defensively. Uh, we can complain about the final call. You can complain about that, you know, passing, uh, roughing the passer call if you want to. But altogether, Tampa play, Tampa Bay played a pretty good game and they earned the win regardless. Uh, we have the Bills blowing out the Steelers here, 38 to three. We have the Jets blowing out the Dolphins, 40 to 17. I hope Tua pulls his stuff together. Uh, I do have a, I do have a uh, project I'm working on about that, not just. Um, Sorry, not just Miami's medical staff, but it will include Washington's medical staff as well. So it's going to be, I guess, a hit piece, if you want, on both of the medical staffs because they are full of shit and they are dangerous for the players. But... The NFL is general. In general, is dangerous for these players. Let's be real. The Vikings, they get it done against the Bears 29-22. to We got some NFC North, North action there. Uh, moving on, we have the Titans. Uh, they get the best of the Commanders 21-17. to The Commanders are the only 1-4 team in the NFC East. Uh, for the Titans, Ryan Tannehill would have 181 yards to the air and a touchdown. Derrick Henry would get you 102 yards on the ground and a, and a couple touchdowns. Uh, we also got Dontrell Hilliard scoring as well with a receiving touchdown. And defensively, linebacker David Long will get you 12 total tackles and an interception. And defensive tackle Jeffrey Simmons will get you five sacks and sorry, five tackles and one and a half sacks. For DC, Carson Wentz uh, struggling, and apparently his coach threw him under the bus as well. They asked him why your team ain't doing so well. He immediately went to quarterback play. Damn, that's some sucky ass shit to have your own coach not rock with you, but. He didn't really do that bad in that game uh, last week. 25-38, 359 yards, two, two touchdowns, one pick. 
You know, I mean, if anything, the running game was non-existent. What about those guys? Only 43 rushing yards. What the fuck? You know, so throwing your quarterback under the under the table. I mean, I mean, at least he did something. Uh, Diami Brown will be the team's leading receiver. Uh, two receptions for 105 yards, two touchdowns. Cole Holcomb would have uh, 13 total tackles on defense, and Montez Sweat will get you six total tackles and two sacks altogether. The Commanders uh, will force five total sacks. Uh, we have the Saints getting the best of the Seahawks, 39 to 32. We have the Niners getting the best of the Panthers. We mentioned this before. Uh, 37 to 15 was the final score. The Niners are three and two. Uh, Jimmy G, decent game from him, but actually pretty damn good. Three touchdown passes, 253 yards. Jeffrey Wilson, 120 yards on the ground. Can you say about that? Uh, Tevin Coleman would have a, a good game as well. Rushing touchdown, three catches for 44 yards and a touchdown in that department as well. Can't complain. Fred Warner got you nine total tackles in the sack, and Emmanuel Mosley got you an interception, and altogether the Niners were four six sacks. So getting to the quarterback has always been a premium for this team. And they when they're winning and they're on the top of their game, that's what they're doing. For the Panthers, of course, Baker Mayfield, he sucks. 20 of 36, 215 yards and an interception. Christian McCaffrey would have oh, would have 54 yards on the ground and a touchdown. And uh Damian Wilson would get you nine total tackles and a sack on the defensive side. The Eagles. Get the best of the Cardinals, 20-7. We also got the Cowboys getting it done in the primetime Sunday night matchup against the Rams, 22-10. Uh, the Rams move to 2-3 on the year, and the Cowboys are 4-1. For the Cowboys, Cooper Rush will go 10-16, 102 yards. Uh, Tony Pollard will get you 86 yards on the ground and a touchdown. Really nothing to say about Ezekiel Elliott. He's falling off the face of the earth. Michael Parsons get you two sacks, and Malik Hooker, I believe that's one of their safeties. It's not... Uh, Defensive back, I can't remember. In the secondary, that's what matters. In a session for him, Dallas will force five sacks, also three turnovers. Ooh, uh, they, they, I mean, they trying to get that first ever playoff win since the 90s. So, I mean, they they looking good right now. I mean, they always look, I mean, they always look decent in the regular season. A lot of cases, they look pretty damn good. I'm not worried about the regular season for you guys. Y'all got to win a playoff game. So, I these wins, they're cool. The primetime wins. I know the fans gonna be, you know, all you know, all for it. You know, no matter where you are, if you're a Dallas fan, you love it. I know Dallas fans from DC, I know Dallas fans from the Bay Area, all from all over. They loving it. I don't give a fuck until y'all win a playoff game. I'm just gonna let y'all know right now. And that's out of that's out of love and respect. No one gives a fuck. Let's be real. Uh, just just keeping it real. Just, just be real. For the Rams, Matthew Stafford will go 28 of 42. Uh, 308 yards. He would throw a touchdown. He would throw a pick. He's been under the rest of late, uh, as of late. Uh, we mentioned he gave up. Well, sorry. We mentioned the Rams giving up five sacks last weekend. Uh, the Rams have gone through at least six centers. I think, or if not centers, then guards or four. I think it was. I think it was about six linemen, or it was at one position. It was like it was almost like they were going through an injury like every week at one position. If it's not one, then it's like at least a couple positions on that line where they just have multiple people had to start and fill up a space there. So keeping the old line available and healthy, that's been their biggest problem. Andrew Whitworth retiring. Whew. Although he again he was a he was a old horse. Now that's not to be disrespectful because he has he I'm just saying he was a seasoned veteran, so he had earned his you know time to retire. He just had so many years on him. Again, not anything disrespectful. Just saying that that's just what it was. But with him going, like he was one of their best offensive linemen, and you can tell. So um, yeah, only 38 rushing yards. Ugh. You know, one dimensional. Got Cooper Cup doing his thing though. Seven catches, 125 yards. Again, but you need more than that. You need to have a running game. Cam Akers, 
Nowhere to be found. I can't even tell you who the other running backs are. So, bad, bad, uh, bad news right now. Uh, let's move on uh, to the defense. Aaron Donald will get you a sack, so he's still doing his thing. But overall, the team is struggling. So let's wrap up everything here uh, from the score standpoint. Uh, the Chiefs get the best of the Raiders on Monday night. Of course, uh, we all know about that debacle, 39-29. to Remember this game for a while. The Raiders dropped to 1-4. and The Chiefs 4-1. Wow. Really sad state of affairs, to be honest with you. Derek Carr played a damn good game. Uh, 19-30, 241 yards, two touchdown passes. Uh, the most beautiful one, in my opinion, was the second one he threw to Deontay. Uh, sorry, Deontay, but Devontae Adams uh, in the fourth quarter. Uh, I thought that was a really great pass. Uh, Could have, you know, I don't know. I'm just glad he doesn't throw. I'm just glad he didn't throw an interception on that play. But, you know, when he really wants to, and, he, you know, he's really clear of mind, Derek Carr, you know, can do things offensively. You know, it's just... Something is whole is it, 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 and this is like this. I mean, it's like this about this team. It's like every week is something else holding us back. Like for a minute, like for the first couple of games, our old line sucked. Then our old line got this shit together. Then Josh Jacobs didn't want to really show up. You know, he was struggling. Then Josh Jacobs shows up, and then you see what you saw, and then you see the defense. You know, not show up. You know, Max Crosby got himself a couple sacks, but <clears throat> for the most part, you know, we were we couldn't really sustain a pass rush. Our secondary can't tackle, you know, uh, outside of Denzel Perriman, only he's the only linebacker making plays. So the three levels of the defense, it's like they're not in tune. They're not in sync. So, you know, Patrick Mahomes, even we had, even though we had a 10-point lead or how, whatever it was going into the half, it's like Patrick Mahomes, you know, he just does his thing if you give him time, and that's what he did. 29 out of 43, 292 yards, uh, four touchdowns, Marquez Scantling. Marquez, yeah, Marquez Scantling will be your leading receiver with six catches and 90 yards, but Travis Kelsey would catch all four of those touchdown passes on easy plays. And a couple of them, we just couldn't tackle him, and he just, just simply went into the end zone. Oh, it was just so difficult to see. I mean, as a fan, it was just really ugly. Darius Harris on the defensive side of things had uh, 10 total uh, tackles and a sack. Ch uh, not Chandler Jones, but I want to say it was Frank Clark. Uh, he got entangled with that uh, bullshit. He roughed the passer call. I'm a Raider fan. I thought it was bullshit. That's why we ended up giving up. That's why they ended up, you know, pulling a flag on us for a bullshit reason. That bullshit, that bullshit hold on that punt. I'm just saying. So... It was a comedy of errors from the referee standpoint, but that's not gonna. I'm not gonna blame that as to why we lost. Um, it it played a part, but at the end of the day, we could not tackle, uh, particularly in the secondary. Uh, I know um, Hobbs is gonna be out. I don't know how long he got. I think he's hurt something in his hand, so we have more. We have that issue to deal with. Of course, Devontae Adams put himself in a fucking in a. Oh my god. <sighs> my boys, my boys, man. Uh, it's. I mean, I'm going to be faithful, of course, because that's what you do as a fan. But as an analyst, it's like, yeah, y'all fucking up. So, I mean, y'all suck. This would be real. Like, it's a dumpster fire. And, you know, um, Josh McDaniels hasn't made anything easier. He hasn't made the best play calling, play, uh, made the best play calls. He should have went for that field goal. At least we would have been going to fucking overtime. I would have rather lost in overtime than to lose like that, I, or maybe I don't want to lose at all. But <laughs> let me get out of that thinking. No, I don't want to lose at all. Fuck that. You know, I'm tired of seeing that. You know, I'm watching this team for a very long time, and I've seen a lot of losing, particularly after like 02. Like 
I'm not, I'm done with it. Like I want to see something different. I don't want to have a moral victory. You know, I love what Tim Brown's sentiments were. Like if we keep trying, this is you know, and he talked about the similarity we had with the O2 team. The O2 team had a lot more grit, and um, I'll start off with that, particularly on the defensive side. The motherfuckers could tackle. Trace Armstrong. Uh, we had a lot of good players there. Bill Romanowski. Uh, in the secondary, we had guys like Rod Woodson, Charles Woodson. Uh, it ain't the same, dog. It ain't the same. I love you, Tim. I love you, Tim, no doubt. But it ain't the same. It ain't. Uh, again, you were an OG. And you, again, you were handling yourself better than Devontae, at least in terms of your grace and your class and how you got through that. You know, a loss like that, you wouldn't be pushing down no cameraman, you know. And, you know, for what it's worth, you would have been available to us. He might not even be available for a long stretch this year because of his decision. So, <sighs> dire straits, y'all. Dire straits if you're a Raider fan. So, uh, let's move on to college football. <laughs> at least I have a team here to make me happy, at least uh, for now. <laughs> let's move on to the top 25. Um, Starting off with... Uh, the new team on the block, James Madison. I believe they are coming out of the Sunbelt Conference. Don't hold me to that. But uh, this is their first year on the FBS level, and they have uh, they haven't failed to impress. They've gone 5-0 and so far. They're currently 6th in the nation in scoring at 42 uh, points per game, actually over 40, 44 points per game. Uh, led under center by Todd Centio, uh 1,312 yards from him, 66% completion percentage, 15-1 to touchdown interception ratio. Damn good. Uh, Chris Thornton uh, is the leading rusher with five. Sorry, the leading receiver, excuse me, with uh, 32 catches, 516 yards, and five touchdowns. And running back Percy Igeye Obesi with that 354 yards, has 354 yards on the ground so far this season on 6.6 yards per carry and also four touchdowns. So they seem to be getting it done. And then, of course, they're up. They seem to be a complete team in general. They're 14th in points per lap. Sorry. 14th in points allowed as well. Uh, linebacker Tavares Jones leads things there. 39 total tackles, seven to, uh, seven tackles for loss, a sack, an interception, and two forced fumbles. So, again, look out for James Madison. This is their new. Uh, this is their first year on the block, at least the FBS block. So, I'll be interested in seeing how this progresses with them, and uh, we'll see. You know, based on their success, that they, you know move up some more teams from that that level anytime soon uh maybe north dakota state something like that who knows i don't know you know i mean if james madison can make it work maybe even jackson not now you know a little bit down the line if Dion decides to stay for a little while uh but another new team on the block we have number 24 illinois they are currently five and one this year i will be honest with you automatically i'm not super high on this team they are they are in a better spot than they were last year, and they look better comparative to years before. But again, it's baby steps, and it's just that's just they're just taking that initial step. So again, they got to keep this going. So my question is, how do they finish from this spot on? They're number twenty-four, and they have five wins. One win will make them ball eligible. Can they finish this year with six? With the, can they finish this year with seven or eight wins? That would be my question. That would tell me that this team. Maybe for real going into next year. Right now they're five and one. I don't think they played anybody amazing just yet. So we'll have to see. They're just now getting into the the, the meat of their schedule. Their last game was against Iowa, where where both teams played very ugly because the final score was nine to six. Now this team is great in terms of offense, uh, defense. Excuse me, second in total defense. But again, 
they really haven't played anybody just yet. Third versus the rush, ninth versus the pass. Again, they looked great versus Iowa last week defensively, but that's because Iowa has nothing to offer anybody on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, as far as I'm concerned, uh, from Illinois in that game, nothing to be desired offensively as well. Only 116 passing yards, 4.2 yards per play, 4-16 on third down, 7 penalties for 60 yards, and they also gave up 3 turnovers. But this is their first time being ranked since 2011. Now, with how they played last week, I'm just going to be honest with you. I'm not high on their on their results going into the rest of the season, particularly with other top echelon teams from their conference. I'm just going to be honest with you. So it's a good step now. I think we need to continue that, and we'll see where they're at. I'm just going to have to be honest with you. they got to do this and be at the same spot next year, more or less, just being for me to believe it, just being honest. Okay, they haven't done they haven't done nearly enough just yet, but they look okay. I'm just gonna be honest. But that last win versus Iowa, very ugly, very nasty. Uh, came down to a very ugly, nasty play that Iowa made. Just, just, just all together, just discombobulated. Comedy of errors, if you ask me. Uh, Shakespearean. <laughs> for real, for real. Uh, th- uh, at number twenty-three, we have Kentucky at four and two. At number twenty-two, we have Texas at four and two as well. Uh, they coming out that shutout victory over OU, uh, forty-nine to zero. Of course, the Red River rivalry that's very important to them in the Big Twelve. Although people in California, eh, okay. Well, y'all played good. I mean, the alumni that live out here might go crazy over about it, but. Again, you ask anybody in Richmond if they care about Texas and Oklahoma, they're going to tell you, eh, whatever. <laughs> I'm just being Ask somebody in Berkeley, California. Ask somebody in Los Altos, in Los Gatos. Ask somebody in L.A. If, again, if they're not a Texas fan, y'all, see, this is the problem. This, and this is what the funny thing is about college football. We'll sit there and say, all oh, these conferences, this is this, and this conference is that. But in reality, when you start moving to these different spots of the nation, very few teams really transcend and are really talked about like that. In California, we don't talk about Oklahoma or Texas, to be honest with you. We're not that high on them guys, okay? <laughs> just just like y'all don't like Oregon and, and USC and all. It, it's vice versa. Believe me, we're not all into y'all like that. Just keeping it real. Um, Quinn Ewers, of course, we hear about him always constantly making a bag, getting to his bag, NIL deals. Well, he's a pretty damn good quarterback, too. He was 21-31 in that uh, matchup last week, 289 yards. He would throw a touchdown, but John Robinson would do, would do his thing as well, 130 yards. Also, with two touchdowns from him, Jatavion Sanders would get you two receiving touchdowns, and they held the, Soon- the Sooners to just 195 yards, 39 passing yards, and 3.3 yards per play. So, I think Texas is better, but I also think Oklahoma isn't as good as average or hasn't been as good as advertised. And as a matter of fact, it's a step down from where they've been in previous years. So take it how you want to. At number 21, we have Cincinnati. At number 20, we have Utah at 4-2. and two. At number 19, we have Kansas. We have another new guy on the scene. At number 18, Syracuse, 5-0, and 2-0 and in the ACC. A little bit surprising. Uh, 38 points per game. <clears throat> 39th in total offense, 35th in rushing. All good stats there. Um, 
They average about 194 yards, per, sorry, 190 yards per game on the ground. Uh, but offensively, they were led by Garrett Schrader at the quarterback spot. Ten touchdowns to one interception. Uh, he's tied for the team lead in rushing touchdowns as well with five. Sean Tucker is the leading rusher on that team with 546 yards and five touchdowns. And their backup running back isn't that bad as well. Kent Allen actually averages 9.1 yards per play. So they have a lot going on here. They have some balance here on offense. Now, they're also pretty good defensively. Uh, they only give up about 14 points defensively, uh, but then that's good enough for 10th in the nation right now. They're also 6th versus the run and 18th versus the pass. Another team here that's that hasn't really played anybody of note just yet. And, you know, until they play those teams and beat one or two of them, I can't say that I'm all you know, all in on them or I'm very high on them. If they get a win against Clemson, then I'll give them a clap. Uh, they beat some other teams like NC State. If they do play them this season, I, I think they would. But if they don't, then I can't really say that they're that great because I'm just going to throw that out there. Number 17, we have Kansas State at 5-1. Number 16, we have Mississippi State at 5-1 as well. At number 15, we have North Carolina State. Their last game was a W, 19-7 versus Florida State. Devin Leary would just have 130 yards in that game and a touchdown and an interception, but he would end up getting injured. Uh, he has an x-rays. The x-rays came back to be negative. Uh, however, his uh, status for this week is a little bit unsure. So if anything happens, we'll be reporting on it either after the game or, of course, Closer to the game. Uh, they were 2 of 13 on third down, eight penalties for 70 yards. They gave up 200 yards on defense rushing. Uh, so, again, there's some questions here that are to be had or to be made, but they held on for what it's worth. And Florida State looks like a better team this year. So, it's a, it's a pretty good win. Yeah, I could say that. At number 14, we have Wake Forest at 5-1. and one. At number 13, we have uh, TCU, who is undefeated. At number 12, we have my boys, the Oregon Ducks, at 5-1. and one. At number 11, we have UCLA ahead of us. I don't know how to feel about that, per se, but it is what it is. But, I mean, no, they are undefeated, so no. They are undefeated. 41 points again. That is 10th in the nation. Six in total offense. Top 30 passing. Uh, top 30 in passing and rushing offensively. Dorian Thompson Robinson is a big fixture in all that. Over 1,500 yards. 15 touchdowns to just two interceptions. 74% completion percentage. Uh, 76 total career touchdowns. That is actually a school record. So, you know, big up to him. I know he's been there for a while, but again, you can't. I mean, that does not take away from his greatness. So. It was going to happen because he was a good quarterback. Uh, again, they have a big game this week. Not this week, but uh, next week. They're currently on the bye, just like Oregon. They're going to be meeting up with Oregon next week in Eugene. Of course, Chip Kelly will be making his way back to the uh, Great North, the Great Northwest, and we will see what goes down. I will be coming back with a uh, preview on that game next week. You know, so we'll 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 get through that, and we'll 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 break it down, and we'll uh, I'll tell you what to expect in that matchup down the line. But it's going to be big, and I think it's going to determine a lot in the Pac-12. At number ten, we have Penn State at five and zero. At number nine, we have Ole Miss at six and zero. Again, another team that I'm not super high on. I feel like they are definitely overrated because they are from the SEC. Uh, but they had a win against. Um, Oh, man, I wanted, no, it was Kentucky about a week or so back. That's been their most impressive win. 
uh, is that is that win against Kentucky. Uh, I think they did get a win last. No, they were off uh, last week, but they get it. They did get a win against Kentucky. Uh, Kishon Wilkins, uh, sorry, Kishon Judkins would have 106 yards on the ground that game. A touchdown. Zach Evans would have a rushing touchdown in that game as well. The defense would force two interceptions, sorry, two turnovers, and also four sacks. Um, now. Oh, four, sorry, they forced four sacks and a safety. So defensively, they played very well in that Kentucky game. Uh, they got a decent enough offense. Of course, Lane Kiffin is a coach. He's a decent offensive-minded coach. But again, he's never done anything outside of that. Just have a good offense. Let's be real. So time will tell. Uh, they have two easy wins coming up next. Auburn and L.S. Pooh. I said it. LS, matter of fact, no, no not even L.S. Pooh. Let's call him L.S. Poof. Yes, LS Poof, because they disappeared off the face of the earth after they won their little national champ championship with Joe Burrow. He gone, Jamar Chase is gone, and they gone. They poof, gone. So LS Poof. Easy wins against those two guys in the Western Division. Uh, just just kind of sets themselves up and gets them prepared for Alabama. And, you know, for what it's worth, we don't know where Alabama is going to be in the next couple of weeks. So who knows? They still might. They still might find themselves in the dark in the dark horse position. Let's see. At number eight, we have Oklahoma State at five and zero. At number seven, we have six and zero USC. At number six, we have Tennessee, who's also undefeated as well. Their biggest test is going to be this week versus number three Alabama. Their first is their first in total offense, second in scoring. Um, it's going to be a a wild one. It, well, it can be a wild one if Oklahoma doesn't come. I'm sorry, if Alabama doesn't come with their defense. Now, people are making a whole lot about. You know what Alabama can do offensively and who's going to be on the center. That you got, don't forget about that defense. So say what you want. I, I, you know, it's hard for me to want to bet against Bama. That's me. Uh, number five, we have Michigan, another undefeated team, but I'm not impressed with this team at all. At all, either insignificant wins. No one that's in the top 25 right now. Talk to me after after Saturday when they host number 10 Penn State. That's how I'm leaving it. At number three, we have Bama. Sorry, at number four, we have Clemson at six and zero. At Bama, at number three, at six and zero as well. Bryce Young should be back Saturday versus Tennessee, so that that should go in their favor again. You know, I know that Bama is the favorite. It could go. It, I mean, Hendon Hooker is a is you know a Heisman caliber. Uh, there could be a chance where this team, where this game shows us shows us a lot of fireworks. Uh, I still got Bama in that game though. But again, it it had a lot has to do with Bryce Young's status. Let's keep it real. And number two, we have Ohio State, and the number one, of course, team that we've been seeing is Georgia. So you know, not much to say there. Uh, let's take a look at some of the scores. Uh, some of the scores. I'm not going to go through everything for the top 25, but just a few of the scores from uh, last week from the top 25. The main one, one of the main ones, of course, we had number 13 TCU getting it done against number 19 Kansas, handing the Jayhawks their first loss of the year. 38 to 31 was the final score for TCU. Max Duggan played a great game. 20, uh, 23 of 33, uh, 308 yards, three touchdowns. He would throw a pick, but he would have a rushing touchdown. So altogether, four touchdowns from him. Kendra Miller would get you 88 yards on the ground and a touchdown. And Quentin Jackson would be the team's leading receiver with over 200 yards and a touchdown. Uh, Darius Davis and also Ty Barber or Tay Barber would get receiving touchdowns as well. And defensively, linebacker Jamoy Hodge would get you seven total tackles, a sack. An interception. Now, Jason Bean will be under center for the majority of the game last week for Kansas. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, Jalen Daniel got himself injured. Uh, I'm not. I forgot. About, no, no, he earned. He injured his right. Um, his right shoulder. 
I do not know his status on top of my head. Uh, but Jason Bean in replace, uh, he did a great job, 16-24, despite coming up short, of course, uh, 262 yards in the air uh, and four touchdowns. And that's most by a, that's the most touchdowns in the game by a Kansas quarterback since Todd Reese in 2008. So, again, it's I think this team might be pretty damn good. I mean, if you could put your backup in there and he has just about a you know the same caliber of game that your starter you know could have potentially had in that game and has had in games so far this year, that means at least their offense is legit. I mean, I, I mean, I um, Kansas. I mean, I'm not super high on them. I'm not gonna say that they're gonna you know steal the steal the Big Twelve or anything like that. I mean, even though they might. Uh, they actually look pretty damn good, though, particularly offensively. Uh, we have uh, Arkansas. They take a blowout loss here to number 16, Mississippi State. I told y'all Mississippi State is my dark horse for the SEC. I told y'all they look pretty damn good, man. I'm telling you, look out for them Bulldogs. I'm telling you, you know, Mike Leach and them boys. All right. For anyways, for the Razorbacks, though, Sue Uh Malik Horns, we would go 8-16 or 8-17. Trash. 234 yards and two interceptions. Uh, the angle gets you nowhere. Uh, he would have 114 yards on the ground. So, again, um, they tried to do similar things that they would normally do with their starter, K.J. Jefferson. And it just didn't work. Uh, but we have Raheem Rocket Sanders getting 86 yards on the ground and a touchdown. Jaden Hazelwood will get you five catches, 413 yards. And um, Bryce Stevens will get that receiving touchdown. Uh, they will give up uh, 568 total yards on offense. 33 first downs. Razorbacks had 10 penalties. That's not going to get you a win in any league. And y'all keep saying the SEC this, SEC that. Look, one or two teams and as of right now, those one or two teams are Bama and Georgia are are the epitome of elite. I'm not going to argue. I've said this before. Arkansas, no. They're not elite. And just because they play in the SEC does not make them elite. You know, I'm just going to throw that out there just for y'all. And then um, for Mississippi State, of course, my boy, my favorite quarterback in the SEC, Will Rogers, 31 to 48, 395 yards, three touchdowns, slinging it like an old cowboy should. Just, just telling him, just telling you, like his actor counterpart, Will Rogers, say he, he played a gunslinger, got another gunslinger. Maybe he embodies his cowboy spirit. You know, they got the same name. But uh, three touchdowns, like I said, from him. Dylan Johnson will lead on the ground. 100 yards from him, two touchdowns. Jaquavius Marks will get a rushing touchdown as well. And defensively, Emmanuel Forbes, one of the best defensive backs in not just the SEC, but in college football in general, got you six tackles and an interception. Uh, defensive end Jackie Harris will get you four total tackles and a sack. So pretty damn good. Uh, like I said, Michigan does not impress me. Last week was no exception. They got they got the win against Indiana, thirty-one to ten. I don't give a fuck. Indiana's trash. We know this. Stop, stop trying to stop trying to run Michigan into the ground like that. Media, we don't care about them. Uh. What's his name? Desmond Howard. We don't give a fuck about Michigan. Stop it. You just give a fuck about them because you're an alma mater. We care. That's fine. Like, I love my old school. Nah, it's some decent. Uh, I'm some silly man shit. I'm never going back to my old school. Fuck <laughs> that. I'm not. I don't get into that bullshit. Anyways, this is one of the big, the big time games of last weekend. Uh, upset, to say the least. In a lot of different ways. Uh, UCLA got it done on, uh, sorry, at home against Utah. 
Now, I don't know about the the fan who showed up, about the fan attendance numbers. We'll get to that as the season goes on. We'll see if they ever improve there. Uh, but they got the major win that they were looking for to turn the program around, in my opinion. Uh, like I said, final score, 42-32 to 32 against a really game Utah team. Again, Utah was one of my favorites to win the Pac-12 next to Oregon. I, and I told y'all, circle the date, November the 19th, because I thought that would be pretty much the game to, to really seal the deal for the Pac-12. But... No, uh, it's it's really wide open, uh, to say the least. And uh, But let's break down what happened in this one. Uh, for Utah, Cameron Rising will go 23-32, 287 yards from him. He would throw an interception, but he would also have two rushing touchdowns. Tavion Thomas would get you 91 yards on the ground and also a touchdown. And on the, the defensive side, linebacker Van Finlinger would get you five total tackles and a sack. For UCLA, Dorian Thompson-Robinson, again, doing his fucking thing every fucking week for the past five years or maybe even six, I can't remember, but a good long time for the Bruins, 19, sorry, 18 to 23, 299 yards, four touchdowns, he would throw a pick, but he would score on the ground as well, now, mind you, I just threw out that he played for five or six years, again, that don't matter, the man is a good quarterback, and in my opinion, I, I will say, if I would have a draft board, he's my top quarterback, on experience, and numbers, and production alone, he's one of my top picks, just keeping it real. And I'm not saying that because I'm a Pac-12 man, because you know how I feel about USC as a school. So, uh, Zach Charbonnet will lead the ground, will lead on the ground, 198 yards. Uh, Logan Loya uh, will get you 71, 70 yards uh, receiving and a touchdown. And Jake Bobo will score, uh, score with two touchdown catches. Linebacker Darius Muasav will get you eight total tackles and an interception as well. Moving on, we got Ohio State blowing out Michigan State. Michigan State, oh 49-20 is the final score. Why did you sign that man to $95 million for 10 years? That's all I'm gonna say. That's my that's my question. Why did you sign that man $95 million for 10 years, Sparty? It, it explain to me what made sense about that. But moving on, let's talk about James Madison. Now we mentioned James Madison before showing up on the scene. Let's talk about the game last week that put them on the map, at least for now. Uh they got a win against Arkansas State, 42 to 20. I believe that is the Sunbelt Conference that they play in. Don't hold me to that. I, this was a conference game, though, regardless. I, I can't remember exactly what conference they do play in, but I'm going to – I don't even want to guess. But this was a conference game versus Arkansas State. But they get the win, like I said, 42-20 to 20, uh, for James Madison. Uh, Todd Centennial, uh, Centeno, uh, we brought him up before, 28-37, 394 yards, four touchdowns. Again, their other big playmaker, Ajay Obesi, again, balling, 158 yards on the ground, two touchdowns. Chris Thornton, again, nine receptions and 173 yards. So they are balling offensively. Offensively, Four different receivers will catch a, a sorry, four different receivers will catch a touchdown pass. So Santillo, Santillo knows how to spread the ball around. That's obvious. And they just get the, the job done. Isaac Okuwu on the defensive side of things will get you seven total tackles and two sacks. And Torres Jones, their top linebacker, got you 13 total tackles and a, and two sacks as well, if I'm not mistaken. Now, uh, James Madison will force seven total sacks and will just hold Arkansas State to 20 rushing yards. Damn. Uh, that's, that's a pretty dominant effort. I mean, James Madison, they look pretty damn good. For a new for a new FBS team, I'm just saying they need to take the, the training wheels off and put no training wheels on or nothing. They they just balling, they just riding on you. I'm just saying Broncos country, not <laughs> Madison country. Let's ride. <laughs> Anyways, Arkansas State 
Again, what can you say? Not too much. Uh, James Blackman will be there. Silver lining, at least to some extent offensively. 16-26, 247 yards, two touchdowns. Jeff Foreman will get you three receptions for 67 yards. He will score as well. But defensively, they almost gave up 600 yards. So, that's that ain't going to do it. Uh, we have an ugly game coming out of the Big 12 with Kansas State holding on for one by one point against Iowa State 10 to 9. Uh, we got Kentucky coming up short against South Carolina 24 to 14. Spencer Spencer Rattler still does not look good despite the win. It is what it is and uh, uh everything will wrap itself up at least with the top 25. Um well Actually, Oregon played the final game of the night, uh, but Bama will get it done against Texas A&M, 24 to 20, 24 to 20 again. That was without your boy Bryce Young, and then of course Florida. Uh, they come up short. Sorry, Florida State came up short against NC State, 17 to 19. And of course, uh, Oregon wraps everything up with a blowout of Arizona, 49 to 22. Uh, Bo Nix will go 20 to 25, 265 passing yards, 70 rushing yards with three rushing touchdowns. Uh, altogether, the team would have 306 rushing yards. We just look just dominant. Uh, Bucky Irving did his thing. Bucky Irving, excuse me, did his thing. A touchdown. Uh, also, Noah Whittington was a part of that. He would have 92 yards on the ground and a touchdown. Jordan James would score. Actually, the Ducks would have seven total rushing touchdowns. So we ran all over the Wildcats. Wasn't, wasn't you know, even close, really, in reality. Arizona had a couple plays here and there, but it really wasn't close. The Ducks would force 10 turnovers, and Arizona will go 10-13 on third down, though. That would be my only area of concern uh, because, again, that's a decent percentage. That's 10 third downs that they converted on. So that's 10, that's 10 occurrences in which, in which they kept a drive going. Now, mind you, they only had 22 points, but again, it's Arizona. Now, UCLA might make 10 or go 11 an 18 on third down, but since they're a lot better team, they're they're more likely to get a score out of that. So, you know, um, that'll be my only area of concern. But, uh, again, the Ducks are improving from where they were week one, and I got to give it to them, and they are. Uh, we have to see what goes down uh, next week against UCLA. Again, we'll be previewing that when we get to when we get closer. Uh, but again, they've been improving, so I'll leave it at that. All right, y'all. I'm gonna call it a wrap for today. If you're looking to get in touch with me, I will be leaving my social media link available for you guys. Please be sure to check me out on YouTube as well. The channel is the same name as the podcast. Never out of bounds. As far as what else I got going on on the podcast for the week, of course, we'll be getting back into the MLB playoffs. I do have some conference notes that I want to get into for the. Big Ten, at least this is for college football now. Uh, I want to get into some conference notes for the Big Ten. Of course, we'll be we'll take a, uh, a check back in on some West Coast football, some Pac-12. You know how we do. I'm a West Coast cat. I got to. You know, uh, it's regional. <laughs> it's not personal. It's regional. Uh, so we'll get into some of that. And then, of course, um, we have some election shit going on. Uh, so I think for the podcast, I'll keep... Um, I'll keep the stories related to more my local area in California elections. So I'll be talking a lot about that on this, on the podcast, but on YouTube, I'll be getting into some, a lot more deeper shit on a national level. Uh, of course, we know about what, uh, Nuri Gonzalez said out there in Los Angeles. I might have her name off just a little bit, but of course, Democrats are in some drama. Republicans are in some drama regarding race and just shit in general. So it's like a pick up, pick your poison. 
to be honest. Y'all not wanting to hear all that, but we're going to come with some facts. Or I'm going to come with some facts to tell you it's nothing but a pick your poison. And really ain't nobody out here really got your back like you think they do. Both sides. Or like as Trump would say, there's evil people on both sides. And y'all don't want to hear that. We're going to have to get into it. Uh, so that's what we'll be doing. Um, I do got some upon for the review uh, in the wings for you guys. I uh, got the I'm going to be doing in honor of Aaron Judge uh, actually becoming the home run king for the season for the AL breaking the AL record. I do want to go through the previous home run champ for the AL Roger Maris. So we'll be actually I'll be reviewing the movie 61. Uh, I also uh, will be going through a few other things as well. So just keep posted. I'll keep you guys posted and I'll be back soon. If anybody hasn't told you that I love you. Peace out. One love. And I'll let you guys later.